Morning and welcome to a taste of Chumash. We are in Parsha's bow, a very dramatic and famous Parsha that discusses the Exodus story from Egypt. And it's interesting to note, while last week's Tar portion had seven of the plagues, the final three appear in Parsha's bow. An easy way to remember that is bow is spelled bet aleph, adds up to three. Last week's Parsha, Vaera, if you take the first two letters of that Parsha, the Vav and an aleph, is six and one. So seven last week, three this week. His reading will discuss plagues number eight and nine. Hashem tells Moshe to stretch his hand over Mitzrayim, and the entire Egypt will be filled with locusts that will eat any vegetation that was left after the previous plague of hail. Torah tells us this is indeed what happens, and there was absolutely nothing left at all that was green, no fruits of the tree, absolutely a barren land, Para calls over to Moshe. He uses very strong words. He says, says, I've sinned against Hashem, your God, and against you. Please, please forgive me. And I promise to let the Jewish people go. Just remove this destruction and death from my midst. Of course, as soon as Moshe davens, the plague stop. But Paro's heart is hardened. He changes his mind. And then we come up to plague number nine. Now, an interesting note, the plagues come in clusters. One, two, and three go together, four, five, and six go together, and seven, eight, and nine go together. One of the ways we see this is by one, four, and seven, Hashem instructs Moshe to meet Paro by the river. By two, five, and six, Hashem just tells Moshe to meet Paro and warn him about the plague. By three, six, and nine, there is no warning whatsoever. Darkness falls into that category. And without warning, the plague of darkness begins. The Torah describes it as a very thick and palpable darkness that for three days no Egyptian saw one another. And the Jewish people, however, had light in their midst. And indeed, the commentators say that even if the Jewish people would be in the same room as the Egyptians, they would be able to see while the Egyptians would not. This proves to be very useful because they can go into the Egyptian houses and notice where all the valuables are kept. And when they leave Egypt, they are able to ask for these valuables and leave a wealthy people. We mentioned a moment ago the plagues have groupings. One through three have a common theme, and that is they afflict primarily the Nile River, which was a god. Those plagues showed that the Nile River was a false god and only Hashem was a true god. Four through six showed a differentiation between the Jewish people and the Egyptians. It was there to prove not only is there a God, but there's a God that cares about the events, affairs of mankind. A God that sees who's behaving right and who's behaving wrong. A God that has a people that he's going to be taking out of Egypt. You could say not just a God that once created the world, but a personal God who interferes and is involved with the affairs of the world. Hence the differentiation in plagues 4 through 6. What happens in plagues 7 through 9 is Hashem shows that every law of nature is completely in His hands. There's nothing that just has to be that way. And that is why in plague 7 through 9 we see opposites taking place. In the hail that was fire and water coexisting together. In the plague of locusts, it was the fact that locusts came even though most of the vegetation was destroyed. Typically, the grasshoppers only come when there is a lot of greenery. Here they came even though, according to natural law, one would expect them not to come. And of course, in the plague of darkness, you had this incredible phenomena of light and darkness taking place at the very same time. The spiritual takeaway for today 
is going to be found in the verse at the end, where it tells us that the plague of darkness was so harsh for the Egyptians. Lo ra'o ish es achiv v'leikamu ish mitachtav shleishes yamim for three days they did not see one another. The mystics tell us something profound about this verse. In a few short words, the Torah is telling us the spiritual definition of darkness. God forbid, how does one know when they are in a state of darkness? If one does not see their fellow, if one is in such a dark place that they are unable to sense, to be aware of, to connect, to daven for, to feel the pain that someone else is going through because they're so absorbed in what they are going through, that is called true darkness. May heaven spare us from that. And conversely, when someone is going through a difficult, challenging time, but nonetheless, even as they are battling their own personal challenges, they still feel, they still are aware of, they still help someone else, that shows they are still in a place of light. Have a wonderful, lightful day full of simcha. Sefatai Tiftah